you know, it's funny because I feel like I'm like the last person people come to. I feel like it's like they're at the end of their rope. So it's usually an advanced form of something. So it's like it's like bloating that has now become IBS or it's a hormonal issue that has now become, you know, something far, far worse. Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. Welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of our True Form Life community, wherever you may be listening around the world. We couldn't be more grateful to have you here with us. I know that time is so very important and anytime that you share some of yours with us, we couldn't be more grateful. Today, I'm bringing on Kitty Martone and I got to tell you, she is an absolute pleasure to have on the show. And you know, it's really nice. I, I one of the, It's one of my favorite things to do. We do a lot of different things at True Form, but interviewing individuals, <laughs> listening to their stories, hearing their perspective, learning about everything that they do, it's one of my favorite things to do, and it's an absolute pleasure. It's such a breath of fresh air, I should say, when you sit across from someone and you align in so many different ways. It really means a lot, and Kitty is no different, and she actually probably stands out a bit more than some of the others, is that we, she, you know, what's interesting is that she lives in Venice, and which is very close to Redondo Beach. We we have a place in Redondo as well, and we get a chance to talk about some of it, some very similar things, especially not just in the world, but it's pretty cool when you can reach across through internet connection and you can connect on so many different levels. But Kitty is a gut health expert. She has her own podcast. She will tell you about this at the beginning of the show as usual, but I always like to give you a sneak peek of what's going on. But we actually got a chance to talk for quite a few minutes after the show and we so so much aligned of what we believe in but i gotta tell you we took some snippets we threw it up on instagram i just love it when you get a chance and i suppose i should mention that's instagram.com slash drew tadia that's where you can find us and kitty has her own instagram channel here as well uh, and on different platforms but it's just so nice when you sit across from someone and you have these conversations and you really believe in, in so much, so many similar, such a, such a, so many similar ideas, I should say, but a similar mindset as well. But when we, we get a chance to talk about quantity, or sorry, <laughs> quality over quantity, we talk about the journey is really <laughs> what it's all about instead of that end result. And it, it's just really enjoyable when you go back and forth and there's so much you learn and so much you get to agree upon it makes it makes the conversation so much better it makes the information that much more appealing and i suppose when it comes to gut health in particular when you got an expert like kitty coming on and she can explain to you what it's like like what it's like when she comes and sits in front of a client you have someone that has years and years of experience and you get to sit down for 30 minutes or however long you're listening to the show and you get a chance to really see what an expert goes through when they take a step-by-step -step approach with their client. I feel like you get a chance to be a fly on the wall and you get a chance to dive deep into all the details, all the intricates of it takes to improve your gut health in this particular matter. But we're going to talk about sauerkraut and we mentioned kimchi. We both have a love for kimchi. I love that. So fermented foods is super important. But for me personally, gut health is important. And 
we talked about kombucha as well, but that's in also you can hear me get excited. It's also a passion of mine too. So you're going to hear Kitty talk about how she teaches her clients and how she improves her health. We're going to geek out on fermented foods a little bit. So there's a lot of tips and takeaways here. And I can't wait to share this show with you and know you're going to love it. So sit back and enjoy. We got all that coming up. This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. All right, welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated, Exploring Mind and Body. You heard all about Kitty in the introduction. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Kitty. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. You didn't do the silent on me. <laughs> I was going to stare at you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got lots to talk about today. This is a chance for you to jump in here and speak with okay. our audience for a moment. So I'd like you to just resonate with them for a moment, give them a chance to learn about you before we jump into the meat and potatoes, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Speaking of meat and potatoes. So I am the healthy gut girl and that's my branding. And I've been doing this for about 17 years. I'm a functional nutritionist and I focus on gut health and I address hormones and every, pretty much every kind of possible ailment and, and imbalance, starting with the gut. I have a podcast called Stuff Your Doctor Should Know, and that's really my baby. That's how I get my word out, and I see clients. That's pretty much my thing. Awesome. What were you doing? So 18 years here doing this? Yep, and pretty you- much. Yeah, working with my husband, who's a chiropractor. Okay, awesome. And before that, what were you doing? Oh, gosh. Um, 18 years ago, I don't know if I can remember. I was a commercial <laughs> actress, actually. Really? And uh-huh, I did commercials. And the crazy thing about that is I really wasn't able to hold down like a normal job because of my own health challenges. So I, you know, I couldn't get a regular like nine to five job. Not that I wanted one, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. And I couldn't, I couldn't hold down a job because I was always sick. I was always getting some kind of, uh, you know, auto, I had an autoimmune condition and I would always have things come up that would keep me from working. So it was pretty debilitating. And then, okay, did you, where were you from? Did you move to Venice yeah, for from that? from New Mexico. From New Mexico. I'm from Santa Fe. I'm American Indian and Spanish Basque. And uh, I wanted to be an actress. Then I came out here and, uh, you know, the older I got, the more sort of sick I got. And I started to seek out alternative forms of healing because I couldn't be on drugs anymore. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do the the pharmaceutical sort of journey any longer. I was having reactions to medication. So uh, that's how I met my husband, who is a chiropractor who practices incredible. It's not just like crack them up and send them on your way type of chiropractic. It's like this incredible holistic stuff that really just changed my life. And uh, yeah, that's how I, that's how I ended up here pursuing this. You're still there. I'm still here. A lot of my friends are moving out of California. I got some friends that moved to Texas, uh, friends that moved to Albuquerque. Mm. It seems like everyone's, well, I know it was a while ago, but it seems like everyone's getting out when you came. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, that was 18 years. So I've been in, actually, I said that wrong. I misspoke. I've been doing this for 17, 18 years, but I've been in, in Los Angeles for almost 30 years. Oh, wow. And that's why I came out here um, originally was to, to pursue that. And so it was a while before I actually started, before I met my husband. So, yeah, I've been in L.A. for a long time. I'm ready for a new chapter, that I think, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and have you been in Venice the whole time or you bounced around a bit? Pretty much Venice. Yeah, Dogtown has been my my game out here, just, just Venice. 
the Venice girl. Yeah. <laughs> Venice is so different, isn't it? Like, it's, yeah. Like, it's like we, we went to, we love South Bay. All of, we go Manhattan, um, uh, Hermosa, we're in Redondo. But when uh-huh. you go to Venice, it's like a different world. <laughs> it is. And it's different from even when I moved here. So now it's a different Venice from even what I remember. But it's a, it's, it's a special place. It's very, I guess, eclectic would be the word, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. For sure. Awesome. Okay. So when you start seeing individuals and they come to you, I know like digestion is what you will focus on, but what are some of the main issues that people come with? Is it gas? Is it bloating? Is it indigestion, constipation? What are some of the mm-hmm. main reasons people come and say, Hey, I need some help. You know, it's funny. Cause I feel like I'm, I, I'm like the last person people come to. I feel like it's like they're at the end of their rope. So it's usually an advanced form of something. So it's like, it's like bloating that has now become IBS or, you know, it's a, it's a hormonal issue that is now become, you know, something far, far worse. And so like in some really bad insomnia or infertility or, um, you know, ulcerative colitis, like, like serious stuff. And, um, so I always say, yeah, I'm the last person they come to. And I'm like, okay, here we go. We got to dig through this and figure out what's been overlooked, you know? Does that put more pressure on you? Because you're like, they've tried everything else. Like, I got to help them. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it gets to a point where you feel like, where I feel like, um, should I be doing this? You know, you do, you question yourself cause I'm not a medical doctor, but the medical profession has, you know, failed them to some degree. And so they're coming to me and I, I'm like, Oh God, it, it's, it's heavy. It, the pressure for sure is stressful. In fact, sometimes, you know, I've even limited my practice for that very reason. And now I just give out information primarily because working with someone that has something that has something like ulcerative colitis requires a lot of attention. So I can't, you know, if I'm I'm doing hours and hours with, with somebody of correspondence. And so that, that is hard. And so sometimes, you know, so I've reduced my private practice and now on their own quite a bit. So what is it? What is your message? What is something that you try to portray? Like when it comes to digestion, I feel like mm-hmm. people should understand that they don't have to deal with digestion issues for their entire lives. Yeah. You know, it it really comes down to just some really fundamental aspects of of digestion. So I I think every single, I always used to say this when I did lectures, um, let's see if I can remember it. If, If you die before the age of 85 from anything other than a tragic accident, it is related to poor digestion. Anything, right? Anything. So even like, even if you get bit by the most poisonous spider ever, you, the way you handle that and the way you recover from that infection or that bite or that broken bone or that car accident or that COVID really comes down to the state of your gut. Because as we know, and, and, and maybe some of your listeners don't know this yet, but our immune system is primarily governed by our gut, right? Like our gut is really in control. Like no metabolic function takes place in the body without the gut. I mean, without the microbes in our gut first making those decisions. So I teach people these like basic fundamental things. Like, are you, what are you eating? How are you digesting it? And how are you absorbing it? How are you eliminating the waste matter from that? That's it. Like, let's just focus on that. No matter what you're ailing from, let's just focus on that. That's my message. Like, let's break it down to digestion and let's upregulate healthy digestion and then the ways that you can do that. 
Awesome. So yeah. what do you have certain foods that you recommend? Um, is it lifestyle in general? How do you get people to start controlling what goes in their body to help improve everything? Yeah. Well, I'm not a one trick pony, that's for sure. So I, I really take each individual situation. Um, and I don't think that there's one diet for everyone. So, and that's because I learned that the hard way, you know, thinking that I needed to do intermittent fasting when my adrenals were so messed up and I was having such a difficult time with my cortisol. And then fasting is like the worst thing you can do for somebody like that. So it's like, you have to kind of judge, but there are some basics, you know, there are some fundamental basics. I've written a couple books that are very basic for that purpose. It's like, um, you know, gut health diet for beginners and the four week gut health plan. And that is all fundamental stuff. Like, again, what are you eating? How are you, you know, what are you, what are you, um, doing to help digest that? And so a big thing is, can you just upregulate? I mean, sorry, can you just upgrade what you're eating? Like, what are you eating? Are you eating peanut butter? Just like Jiffy peanut butter? How about find a healthier version of that? You know, are you eating commercially raised um, eggs or commercially raised beef? Like, let's upgrade that if you can afford to. Let's make that a better and easier to digest food for you. You know, if you're eating pasta three times a week, let's try that one. Like, start to just mitigate people's damage they're doing to their bodies through their diet. And that seems to help a lot because even though we really go through these phases where we want to jump on the health train and just do whatever really, like, hardcore most people don't do well with that, right? They have to like, they, it's better to kind of just ease into big changes like that because they're going to be lifestyle changes, hopefully. You're not just going to do like, you know, 10 days of something. You want it to be a lifestyle change. Yes, that's awesome. That, I mean, 100%, I'm on board. That's what that's what we do. That's what we teach. We say, we go and talk to someone and they're like, we talk about so, slow, sustainable changes. Slow changes are lasting changes or, or slow changes equal lasting results. And then they're like, well, actually, I'm an all or nothing person, so that's not going to work for me. And I'm like, well, how far, how long, or how well has that been working for you up to now? Yeah. <laughs> and and course, why are you here to see me? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so that, some people are, right? Some people are. Some, yeah, some people, just like the, yeah. the fasting. Some, it works for some people. It, with, with anything, we have to individualize. But yeah. uh, I just thought that was interesting that so many people are like, I'm all or nothing. Yeah. And then you see like the, what kind of results have you got from that mindset? And it's usually not that great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. You know, we're, we're talking about food. We're talking about the first thing we cried for when we were born. You know, we're talking about our relationship to that thing that brings you comfort and and makes you feel like you're safe. So we're dealing with an emotional relationship to food. And now, you know, you're, you're breaking up those patterns of what I do on a Friday night, what I like to do with my husband, you know, on a Sunday morning. And now we're like, okay, we're going to take away the this and we're going to, you know, and that, and that's what you're dealing with. I don't think it's just a matter of quitting carbs, you know, or quitting fried food. It's like that emotional connection to that fried food. That is what really is hard to, to, to break, I think. And what do you do to help that emotional connection? I mean, emotional, I feel like habits, but they're all connected in some way. How do you get in there the mentally, emotionally? How do you make those changes from the root or deep down? <laughs> Send them to a therapist. That's what I needed. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, 
I think it's consistency, right? It's like discipline. And that is not like I was, I was brought up with different type of discipline, but not in the workout and not in the fitness and food area. I was more like I had to wake up and make my bed. My dad was a drill sergeant. I had to wake up, make my bed. I had to do every, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, dishes, this, like everything was on schedule except for fitness and food, which is what we really need. So I think it's discipline is something you can learn and you have to just have that awareness that it is about shifting your perspective. Here's a good one. I I tell people, let's start to look at our food as 80% of the time it's medicinal, it's nourishment. 20% of the time it is feeding your soul right? You're, you're doing the things like I was saying are the comfort things within reason. You know, you don't want to stuff like a whole day of pizza eating on, on in the 20% <laughs> within reason, right? But that 80%, you look at the food as this is medicine, it's nourishment. So having that perspective, when you go to do that smoothie, or you go to take those supplements, or you eat that boring salad or whatever it is. And, you know, you say, okay, this is about nourishing my body. This is about medicine. And then you start to be consistent with those little things. And then you look back in a month and you're like, wow, I really did 80% of my month. I just did miraculous things for myself, you know, and you start to notice little changes. Like maybe you're going to the bathroom more or maybe less in some people's cases. Like maybe you're sleeping through the night a couple days a week or, you know, like thing, little things start to change and we have to look for those little gains and not for these like massive we can't change 50 years or 30 years of habit and expect our bodies to just respond in six weeks even, you know? So we have to be patient. It's, it's funny. You, you reminded me of our, our own clients. I, I used to do personal training and I would see, see someone and I would talk to them and they would be frustrated after a week or two. So I would try to ask them their expectations first. Like, what are your expectations in a workout program? When are you looking to see results? And they say, well, in a week or two. And I said, in a week or two. I said, well, how long has it been since you worked out? Well, 10, 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you try to get to help them understand like it doesn't really even out. You put in all that time and effort living one way, which is mm-hmm. mainly a sedentary lifestyle. And then in a couple of weeks, you want to see results. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point because also, you know, you you might all, like say you, you start working out and you haven't done it in ages and now you are you hurt yourself, right? Or you strain a muscle or you're extra sore and you're not recovering well, that's enough to knock you off your track, you know? And so you have to like factor that in same thing with food, right? You, you, you stop eating, let's say refined sugar. And all of a sudden you have a detox reaction to that. And, and maybe you get hives or you eat some, some fermented foods because you're trying to do the right thing. And now you're bloated and you're just like, I'm trying to do the right thing. And I'm worse. That's something we have to psych, I think psychologically prepare for when we take on a healing journey or a fitness journey is to just realize you can get worse before you get better. And if you expect those things, it's not as hard, right? Right. You got to meet those expectations. That's what I try to explain. If you can get to expectations at the beginning, would you like ask those questions, those difficult questions of what are your expectations? How can we meet those expectations or manage them? I got one of my favorite quotes from me. (laughs) (laughs) I better write this down. (laughs) I'm going to put on a t-shirt. I'll send you the (laughs) t-shirt. Okay. (laughs) So 
that's why I try to, I try to match the um, expectations to help people understand if you're going to work out twice a week, we have to manage those expectations different than if you're going to work out six, six days a week. It's very different. Imagine very similar to how you guys are, or you start off someone with eating differently or implementing different foods. You have to understand that if you're starting out very slowly and sustainably, that's going to be much different than someone that may see results in a weekend, but then all the results are gone on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I, I have to say this, but you cut out where the quote, I didn't hear the quote. Oh, well, man, that's <laughs> you like, you like froze at the quote. I was like, Oh, <laughs> I did that on purpose. I'm building anticipation. <laughs> I am on the edge of my seat. <laughs> the, the quote was in, in now you put me, <laughs> put me on the spot. <laughs> I don't remember the quote. The quote was we work out twice a week and we expect the results of someone who work out six times a week. Ah. So, so the problem is that's not the quote. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the just of it. The, the problem is, is that we expect expectations. We have to manage expectations. So it's not the results. That's the problem. It's the expectations. That's the problem. Yeah. It's a, it's a frame of mind. I think it goes for just about everything. If you think about it, you know, it's never what we think it's going to be ever like buying a house or a new job or getting in a relationship or whatever. You're like, Whoa, this is definitely different. So yeah. Managing your expectations. I like that. It's important. And, and usually it's a bit more work like, Oh, like half the projects I start, I'm like, well, if I knew it was going to be this much work, I wouldn't start. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, w- I would like to hear what you think about, um, fermented foods. I'm a big fermented mm-hmm. foods fan. Can you share some light, shine some light on that topic? Yeah, this is a, one of my passions for sure. I started off, uh, my husband, part of my husband's demographic that he works on, um, are children with disabilities and the vaccine injured and children who can't really eat, who don't have the greatest diets and who can barely, you know, eat anyway. And um, so I, after I had finished my nutritional education and my herbalism, I couldn't really use any of that information to help these kids. So I started seeking out other ways to help them. And I found uh, Donna Gates of the Body Ecology Diet. And I, I literally sought her out. I stalked her and I actually became friends with her and I became her chef. So I, I had got, so I, not her personal chef, but her, um, her fermented food chef. I had, you know, would show up to these lectures that she would do and I would demonstrate how to make fermented food. So it's a huge passion of mine. I have a course, actually, a fermentation course that I did for the body ecology, teaching you everything you need to know about fermenting food. Um, the thing, the problem is that not especially now with everyone having so much like SIBO and all these, you know, that small intestinal bacterial overgrowth is so common now. And, and, and fermented foods can actually worsen that condition. And that's, this is just, you know, 12 years ago or 10 years ago that I was doing the the fermented foods, I am seeing such an increase in these digestive disturbances now that can't tolerate um, fermented foods. So that's just a caveat there. Some people can't, and it's not the bloating because that's quite normal when we start to eat fermented foods and they clean up, clean our guts up. It's more histamine reactions. Like, you know, you get itchy, you get maybe a rash on your chest or hives. That sort of thing is more akin to what we're looking at if you can't tolerate, right, the fermented foods. So, but other than that, um, 
I think that they're magical, honestly. I think they're God's food. I think that, you know, because there's, uh, they increase the nutritional value of the food by like a hundred times. That in, in itself is incredible. And it goes back to what I was saying before, which is how are you digesting your food? Well, the great thing about fermented foods is they're already digested by the bacteria and the microbes that fermented them. And so you're not having to take on the burden of breaking down that cabbage or that broccoli that would normally give you problems when you eat it. And so it's just great. It, you know, it even does things with, with um pesticides. So if someone can't really afford an organic diet, you know, and they ferment a bunch of the vegetables and add them to their salad and their meat and their food, um, it actually reduces the uh, pesticide residue that's in the food. The bacteria just do something magical with it and turn it into something that's not harmful to you or as harmful. So, I mean, I could honestly do an entire hour just on fermented foods. I love them. Everyone should learn how to make them because they're too expensive to just keep buying out. You can, but when you make them yourself, you know, you're like, you're inoculating those vegetables with your own bacteria and the microbes from your home and your children and your pets and all that sounds disgusting to some people, but that creates such a harmony and such an ecosystem that when that food is finally fermented, it is customized to what you need. And that's just so cool. That's magic. And that's science too. What is your... What, and this is probably a difficult question. What's your favorite one? Favorite one to make? No, I do have a favorite. I have this pink kimchi that I love. Oh, it's just yes. a, it's just a cabbage. It's a it's a one purple cabbage and two green cabbages, and then I just throw a ton of chili in it and garlic, and it's just a pink kimchi. It's so good. I, I haven't kimchi. made it in a while. I need to actually make some. Yeah, we should make some and send some to me. Okay, <laughs> what's your favorite? I feel like the journey's half. You know, the journey's half. It's half the battle, like it's half the enjoyment. You enjoy the struggle. You fall in love. Another one of my quotes: fall in love with the struggle instead of the results. And that's where that's oh. where the excitement comes in. Because once you hit your goal, that's it. You hit your goal for two seconds, but you may take six months to get there. And then once you hit it, yeah. you're just gonna want something else. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I like that quote better than the other quote. <laughs> I want that t-shirt. Fall in love with the struggle, not the, the goal, right? That's good. Yeah, thank you. Um, all right, can, can you tell us about how we can contact you? I know you mentioned a couple books there. Uh, website, anything else you want to share with us? Yeah, um, I'm really active on my Instagram. I do all these uh, mini blogs on there. So healthy gut girl underscore, because there is an imposter out there who's healthy gut girl, healthy gut girl underscore. And then I have a free gift for your listeners, which is healthygutgirl.com slash gift. And everything you need to know about me is on that page as well. Okay. Awesome. What's the gift? Oh, I was, it's a surprise. Okay. Okay. But we can do is, that. You know, yeah, it's some, it's some free stuff and it's some discounts and it's uh, some info. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They'll have to check it out to know what they get. Absolutely. Kitty, that was so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us today on Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was fun. All right, so that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. I think it's amazing how far this podcasting community and platforms have come. I got to tell you, like when we started out, my gosh, well, that was 10 years ago. And I mean, we were on radio and we were able to grow on terrestrial radio as well. And some people say, what's terrestrial radio? You know, when you turn your car radio on, <laughs> does, does anybody do that anymore? That's terrestrial radio. But now we have internet radio. We're on a number of internet stations as well as terrestrial. But then you have 
the podcasting platform that has absolutely blown up. And I think you'd be hard pressed to find people that don't listen to podcasting. And when I started, most people don't even know, didn't even know what podcasting was. So, but it's, it's so cool to be able to grow on radio, terrestrial radio, internet radio. And now we have podcasting, so many different platforms. I'd imagine, I don't even know all the platforms. You could be listening to a platform that I've never heard of. I'm grateful to have an assistant that knows much more than I do. <laughs> about this kind of stuff and he helps put us on different platforms and make sure that we know that we're we're going in the right direction and we're easily accessible that's our goal that's what we do we're on a di bunch of different platforms now i got to tell you i i uh i'm not sure if i say it enough i always try not to say it too much so it doesn't sp sound like spam but we're on facebook facebook.com slash trueform life that's a, a big platform of ours we have two subgroups or sub uh, subcategories if you will and they're directed to different things. But if you if you want to know, if you want to follow us, if you want to find out, we're actually doing a product launch tonight. If you could imagine brand new, we always do giveaways and prizes and we bring excitement together for product launches. So we're looking forward to that. And then we also have our Instagram, instagram.com slash Drew Tadia. We're on TikTok and then we just got on Telegram. I know, I know it's hard to keep up with all of them. We have a hard time keeping up ourselves, but I'm actually really enjoying the Telegram platform that's one of my favorites it's newer it's a bit more exciting less censorship you guys know how i feel about that if you listen to any of our past shows <laughs> about maybe some depopulation or i'm going to do a show about masks i don't know if you heard that one yet and then i did another one here recently about why censorship is a good thing which is kind of a play on words because i think it's a lie <laughs> and we should be able to say what we want when we want where we want but that's for a different story. That's for a different subject. It's actually, it was actually pretty cool. Kitty and I had some very similar insights, but you know, the thing is, I'm not going to get into this, but I got to tell you that holistic nutritionists, naturopathic doctors, a good number of holistic fitness hope practitioners, we all have a very similar mindset when it comes to all the narrative and all the nonsense going on. And then, but then you have the politicians that they have a very different mindset. <laughs> But when you look at the health professionals, it's completely different, which is aligned with how I feel and how Kitty feels too. So at any rate, I'm going to wrap things up here. Once again, thank you so much for being here. We couldn't be more grateful for your time and dedication and seeing what we have going on. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.